0: Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you that we are blessed. Father, we thank you for health and strength. Lord, we pray for those who can't be here today. Lord, we pray uh, for Martha. We pray uh, for Walter. And we pray for for Mary as well uh, today, who's been taken into hospital. Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon each one. And uh, Lord, we just pray blessing and peace and wholeness over them. Lord, as we open up your word, we pray that you would help us to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Father, may we be blessed as we listen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to try and share this message in record time, um, 20 minutes perhaps. Um, And the point of this message is to encourage and remind us that we are called to a life of victory, to a life of maturity, and to a life of service. And this is all possible through Christ. But we've not to neglect our responsibility to devotion and dedication to God. And I think this principle is reflected in the book of Jude, where, where it says, keep yourselves in the love of God as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. But then there's the paradox, as we go on to read a few verses later, by the way, it's Jude chapter 1, there is only one chapter in Jude, just in case you're wondering. It says, to him who is able to keep you from falling. So we have to keep ourselves... And the love of God, but then it talks about the God who is able to keep us. And so we have a responsibility to keep ourselves in God's love, but also God keeps us from falling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. You know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'll I'll use this little illustration uh, on the screen, the umbrella, talking about how we keep ourselves in God's grace. It's like remaining underneath an umbrella of grace, something that we need to do. Now, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Well, you may be better actually just looking at the screen because it's the New Living Translation followed by the Message Translation. Romans chapter 5 verses 20. Uh, We'll start at verse 20. And this is what it says. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, Now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then the message translation, there's an interesting phrase in here. It says, all the passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it. God's grace, uh, uh, grace because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, through Jesus, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, world without end. God has come to give us His grace. Now, for the sake of time, I won't go on and read Romans all the way through. I was going to go into chapter 6. Um, and read to verse 14. But let me just highlight a few things from that passage. It talks about the fact that we're no longer slaves to sin. It talks about the fact that we were set free from the power of sin. Jesus in his dying has set us free from the power of sin. And we're sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. Then it goes on in verse 12 to say, Don't let sin control the way you live. That's easier said than done. Verse 14, which is where we would have stopped, said, says this, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Just to get back to this picture, we live under the freedom of God's grace. And I just want to share really, really briefly three things this morning. The first is that we're called to a life of victory, What we're talking about in these passages speaks to me of lives that can be lived in victory rather than in defeat. You know, there are times where we don't feel like we're winning the war. Have you ever felt like that? Sometimes you come into church and you feel like that. You feel like you're not winning the war. We face battles, and sometimes we lose battles. And in the battles we can be wounded At times we can feel defeated. However, we need to keep coming back to the reality that Jesus has won the war. We can go to the end of the story. It's already been revealed. Jesus has won the war. Death, hell and the grave, sin and Satan are all defeated. And there's a great illustration of this in the Youth Alpha uh, video series which we've been using in Compass, I know that Oxygen went through that last uh, last year and it's from uh, the session on how can we resist evil and I thought it's so good I'm going to let you watch it rather than me try to explain it so here we go, sit back and watch this little clip <laughs> During World War II, on this beach in Normandy, the Allied troops from Canada, the United States, and Great Britain stormed this beach and turned the tides against the Nazi forces. That was on June 6, 1944, and that day is now called D-Day. This was the beginning of the end of the Second World War. It was clear that the Nazis were defeated and the Allied forces had won. What's interesting though, is that the fighting continued until May 8, 1945, another 11 months until the Nazis finally surrendered. This is called VE Day, or Victory in Europe Day. It's like we live in those 11 months. D-Day is that day that Jesus rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. VE Day, it's coming. The work of the enemy will be finished and God's kingdom will be here in fullness. The enemy is mad though. He's going down swinging and trying to take down everyone he can on his way out. But God's unending kingdom is infinitely more powerful get the illustration there, yeah? D-Day happened, but victory in Europe Day wasn't until 11 months later, and fighting still went on, but the the battle had already been won, and it's like that in the church. We need to realize that there's a day coming where it will be apparent that all of these things have happened, that the enemy is defeated, that he does not have power over our lives. You know, maybe it's only me that feels uh, that uh, in the meantime, we have so many skirmishes. We have things that we uh, have come against us. But I come back to that hymn, Amazing Grace. Um, um, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. This grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Wonderful, wonderful words. And we we need to begin to realize that God is calling us into a life of victory, not a life of defeat and We live in that place of victory by keeping ourselves in God's grace. You know, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 6. Should should we just kind of let off all restraint because where there's grace, then, you know, we're fine. We can keep coming back to God and asking for forgiveness. So can we sin more and more because God's grace abounds more and more? Well, the, the, the writer to the Romans says, of course not. That's not what it's about. That's not keeping ourselves in the love of Christ. But we can read this in 1 Corinthians 15. I love these words. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not because we decide that we're going to do something, and today we're strong, and tomorrow we're not so strong. Because that's what we're like. The Bible tells us that we have been given the victory through Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And you know, sometimes we wonder what it's all about. Sometimes we wonder by, by keeping doing the things that we're doing, by trying to serve God, by trying to live for God, and we just wonder sometimes if we are getting the victory but it tells us here that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. All the things that we have done in the past for Jesus, maybe we've not seen the fruit that we expected, but we know that they're not in vain. The second thing is that we're called to a life of maturity. God's purpose for us is that we grow up into all that he desires for us, and we need to keep going. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, sometimes I still talked like a child. Yeah? Sometimes I still thought like a child, and sometimes I still reasoned like a child. When in actual fact, God is calling us to a life of maturity. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And one of the key areas in this is about responsibility. And I came across this quote as I was preparing this message. It says that maturity does not come with age, it comes with acceptance of responsibility. Yeah? Because some of us are older than others in here, but we're not necessarily more mature, right? Sometimes the most mature can be way, way younger than us. Yeah? It's not about age, it's about responsibility. And God calls us to shoulder responsibility. What is God asking you to shoulder? What is he asking you to take responsibility for? Is there a ministry in your heart that's not currently happening in the life of this church? But God has already spoken to you about it. God has sown that seed into your heart. You know, I came across a little... Uh, document in my files and it was talking about Treasure Kids before Treasure Kids existed. In fact, it was talking about the idea for Treasure Kids six years before it started. Six years! You know, sometimes it doesn't happen because we're not ready for it to happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen because it's no God's time. This is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, on the subject. Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. A readiness for responsibility. When we become ready to shoulder the thing that God wants us to carry, then God releases it. And I feel strongly, uh, again, the call comes to the men in the church. Men, I'm speaking to you at this point in time. There is a call to rise up in your responsibility as men in this church. You know, for years and years and years, it was um, about women having a role in the church. Do you know, the women are running the church now, and the men are sitting back and taking a back seat. It always puzzled me that women weren't allowed to speak in church and to teach, and yet they could be missionaries in unreached nations and teaching... Children, young adults, and grown ups, and seeing God do amazing things. You know, every time I go to Bulgaria and spend time with Lisa and Petya, I see women working hard, sharing the gospel, and seeing fruit for their labour, reaching men. Now, they would say, We need some men to come alongside and to get involved and to get their sleeves rolled up. There's a call, guys, to give ourselves of our resources. To worship like we've never worshipped before, and to serve like we've never served before. The call comes to the men in the church. I feel it's what God wants to say today to the men in this church, that God is calling you to rise up and to shoulder responsibility. You're also called to a life of service. Jesus demonstrated a heart for serving others. His whole life was marked by service. So if we're going to become like Jesus, we must learn to serve. Romans says this in the message. This is one of Mary's favorite passages. It was Don Essen who shared it from this translation uh, many, many years ago. And it says this, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. That's what fellowship is about. It's about coming alongside each other and supporting each other and lifting each other up. Do you know sometimes the senior pastor needs somebody to come alongside and encourage him? You know, I stand up here week by week, and I-, I shared last week as I read back the verses that God had been speaking to me throughout the year 2016. I said, "I must need a lot of encouragement because God keeps saying things that encourage me." Do you know I, I do? But we're all in the same boat. Each of us needs encouragement. I heard a-, a quote that it takes nine positive things to outweigh the one negative thing that's said about us. The one negative thing that somebody says about you. Somebody needs to come along and, you know, nine people need to come along and say something positive to you before the balance is sorted out. Why is it that when we do something really good and a hundred people say something good, well, let me just correct that, 99 people say something really good and one person says something bad, what do we focus on? We focus on the negative thing. We do it all the time. It's in our nature. And then we go, oh, oh, oh. How how did I manage to miss that? How how did I manage to forget that? I forget things all the time. Seriously. Even forgot Jane's name last week. But I've not forgotten it today. I've been having nightmares about that this week. (laughs) We get it wrong sometimes. And what we need is for people to come along and encourage us. We don't need people to tell us we've got it wrong. We know we've got it wrong. We need people to come along and to lift us up and to support us and to say, let's get you back on the track again. We should be allowed to make mistakes. Romans goes on to say this. Strength is for service, not status. Strength is for service and not for status. Status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? It's not about us, but when we serve, we grow. When we serve, we are encouraged. When we serve, we feel such a great sense of achievement. When we serve, we know that we are storing up for ourselves treasure in heaven. Particularly when it's service in a way that others don't see. Service in a way that people can't repay us. And I get so encouraged when I read these words. I hope they encourage you too. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Let me read it again. Time's running out. I might make 20 minutes though. So. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Some people have a gift of service. The Bible talks about people being gifted to serve. You know, I've kind of thought sometimes there are two types of people in the world. There are the people on this side who take and take and take and take. And then there are the people on this side who give and give and give and give. I wonder, are you the person who takes all the time? Or are you the person who's giving out all the time? You know, when we're giving out all the time, we need to be replenished, we need to be refreshed and restored. Some people have a gift of service, but that doesn't exclude us all from finding ways to serve. Serving in the life of the church, serving in our families, serving in our workplaces, in our schools, in our colleges, in our universities, in our community, in our street, learning how to serve. Do you have a heart to serve? Are you looking for somewhere to get involved? Then we can help you get involved. Find a place We're called to a life of victory, to a life of maturity, and to a life of service. And we know that in this we're not alone. We're not trying to achieve things in our own strength, but in the strength that God gives us day by day. And Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says this, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not about us, but God chooses to use us. And it's just incredible. I just thank God time and time again for the privilege of being able to serve him. Will we allow God full access to our lives? Will we continue to surrender to his will? When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in the life of this church, in the life of this community, in the life of the wider community of West Lothian, your kingdom come, your will be done. Given ourselves to his will? Will we give him our all? The challenge comes to each and every one of us. Let's bow our heads in prayer and we're we're going to just gather around the the communion table. I know that time is short. Uh, Maybe the musicians could come back up as well so that we're ready to go. Father, we just thank you for the awesome privilege of being called into your service. Father, we thank you that you have given us the victory through Christ. Father, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, you bring us to a place of maturity. And that's your desire for us, is that we become sons of the living God, daughters of the living God. Father, those who are mature, those who are getting alongside our Father and knowing his heart and serving in the way that you call us to. And Father, we pray that we would give ourselves to service as well. Father, for those who you're calling into areas of ministry that don't exist yet, Father, we pray that you bring them to that place of responsibility. Father, bring them to that place where they're able to carry those weights of responsibility. Father, responsibility for ministries, areas within ministries. Father, different callings, different things that you would have us do. And Father, help us to be faithful in all of those things. Father, help us to be faithful in the small things also. Father, knowing that you are continually at work in our lives. And so, Father, as we come to take communion, Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon us. Father, we pray that you'd minister to us as we take the bread and the wine which remind us of the body and blood of Jesus. Father, remembering that these are symbols which help us to focus on the fact that Jesus gave himself. He sacrificed himself. He gave of his own life. He said himself, no man takes my life. I lay it down. And he also had the power to take it up. Father, we thank you for that body which was broken for us. Father, that blood which was shed for us, that we might have forgiveness for sins. And so, Father, we just pray that as we take these uh, symbols as a reminder, Lord, that you would continue uh, to reveal yourself to us in new ways. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.